Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Sports Radio 1019 FM. Happy holidays, New York City. Ryan Chichester here with you on the fan. And is it merry in New York? I feel like it's a lot merrier over in Los Angeles where the Dodgers are scooping up every single big-name free agent you can think of. Meanwhile, us over here in the Big Apple, well, we're stuck with the leftovers. So I think the uh, Christmas dinner is going to be tasting a lot better out in Los Angeles, they have Shohei Otani, they have Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Tyler Glass now. It's just never-ending, and here we are as Yankee fans, as Met fans, wondering where our spending spree is. With the Mets, Steve Cohen, we thought he was going to go on a big spending spree. When he first got here, he did. That's lost a little steam after a big disappointment in 2023, and for the Yankees, They make the big splash for Juan Soto, and here we go again. They offer $300 million for Yamamoto. That's nothing to scoff at. That's big money. Ten years, $300 million. That was the highest AAV offer. But you see the reports, and it's 12 years, $325 million. And you see that the Yankees decided that's where they're capping it, and they're going to move on. You couldn't add an extra $2.5 million per year to that deal, that's a speeding ticket for a team like the Yankees, the most valuable franchise in sports. They make the trade for Juan Soto and everyone is celebrating in the streets in New York City. You know, the evil empire is back. Nope, it's not back. It moved out west. Welcome to the first order. This isn't the evil empire anymore. This is a remake, a Disney remake, trying to be what it used to be. But in reality, it's a lot weaker. It's a lot more fragile. And the Yankees just continue to toe this line of wanting to go all in, but they just back away when they get a little uncomfortable. They get to that edge when they're about to jump all in. And it just doesn't happen. You can wind the clock back. 2018, they make the big splash for Giancarlo Stanton. One win away from reaching the World Series, and they go out and get the reigning National League MVP. Then they cut payroll with all expiring contracts, and they kick the can down the road to the trade deadline to add pitching, and they get the likes of Jay Happ, Lance Lynn. It's not enough. 2020, make the big sign for Garrett Cole and stop there. Despite endless injury risks throughout the roster after the next man up season of 2019, two years later they they bring Aaron Judge back, they sign Carlos Rodon, they completely neglect a glaring hole in left field, And that's why you were stuck with watching the likes of Billy McKinney, Jake Bowers, Greg Allen. You had a a Josh Donaldson problem at third base that they just banked on. Someone in his upper 30s coming off a terrible season that he was just going to turn things around. There's just not that, there's not that definitive all-in move from the Yankees that makes you think, okay, maybe this evil empire is back. Maybe Hal Steinbrenner is completely for real, not paying attention to the climbing payroll, and we're going to go for this. We are tired 
of hearing about this World Series drought. We know there's parity in the playoffs, but we are going to put together the most stacked roster possible. And we'll go from there. The Juan Soto trade is a big move. But if there's no other moves to complement it, then it just it's just another tease. And I've read every single report. I know that there's a possibility that Yamamoto just wanted the, the Dodgers. But if you're the Yankees, how do you not match that offer? How do you not make that decision as difficult on him as possible? And say, hey, what the Dodgers are offering you will match it. I know you have a, a chance to be a star on the Pacific Coast closer to home, but how about you try to be a star here in the Big Apple where the lights are the brightest, where you're not in the shadow of Shohei Otani? How about you come to the Bronx and create your own stardom? We've got the number 18 waiting for you. But that's not enough. The Yankees can't lean on their history anymore. They can't lean on their tradition of winning. That that doesn't mean anything to modern free agents anymore. $300 million. That is a big-time offer for a pitcher that has never pitched in the major leagues. But what is $25 million more? For me, it's just another piece of evidence that the Yankees are committed to improving, but every time they get close to that edge and they're about to go all in, they take a step back. There's just that little bit of reluctancy to push all their chips to the middle of the table and go completely all in. And it does make the it makes the Christmas dinner taste not as great. I know I was excited about Yamamoto. As a Yankee fan, I was dreaming about an opening day where you know, we're watching Juan Soto in the outfield with Aaron Judge. We're watching Garrett Cole and Yamamoto pitch back-to-back, and it had, it had me excited. And then you hear the reports of how he's you know, always loved the Yankees and revered the Yankees and was very appreciative of the fact that they kept number 18 open for him. And you and you started you started to get excited. You started to think maybe it could happen. And then Jack Curry posts a tweet that he's going to the Dodgers, and there's just that sinking feeling of another big name free agent getting away. And then the other reports start to trickle in, and you find out that they didn't have the highest offer. By AAV, yes, they did have the highest offer. I just would have liked to have seen that last push. You tell me that the Yankees saw that offer from the Dodgers and said, okay, we will throw another $25 million on there, another $2.5 million a year. If Yamamoto picks the Dodgers after that, so be it. Then it's pretty clear that he just wanted to be in Los Angeles. I just want to see that evidence that the Yankees are fully and unconditionally going all in on 2024. But there's plenty to talk about. We've got Yankees hot stove, Mets hot stove. Where, where do they go from here? After losing out on Yamamoto as well, we've got football this weekend, regardless of how boring and ridiculously uninteresting those games are probably going to be. At least with the Giants, you have the the spoiler aspect, and they do technically have a very, very faint, if you stop and be silent just for a second, you could hear it, that playoff pulse. There is that very, very soft playoff pulse. You've got the Knicks on Christmas Day. 
all three hockey teams with wins going into the holiday break last night. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we can talk about it all. I've got you till 730. We've got Chris on the other side of the glass, 877-337-6666. Let's get to the phone call, starting with Matt in Maryland, who's listening on the free Odyssey app. How's it going, Matt? Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I was... I'm going to talk about the Super Bowl that's happening today. (laughs) But before I get into that, I I just would like to say I don't understand what the Mets owner did. When you have all the leverage and you you give him the leverage to take somewhere else. And and I've seen these owners do this multiple times on on these um, free agent offers. Like, for example, he could have just said, this is 300, say, 280 million, right? That's one offer I'm going to leave with you to take. But if you sign with me right now, I'm going to give you 310. But if you don't take, if you don't take, if I walk out this room, it's going to be 280, and that's it. Good luck to you. Well, so what you, are you going to do? Well, you can't, the, the thing about leverage is, especially specifically with the Mets and Steve Cohen, is they didn't have that leverage because it was pretty well known that the Mets were lower on Yamamoto's wish list. So if you go in there playing hardball like that, I think you just turn Yamamoto off, and he says, "Okay, I'm going to go to these two other teams." That well, then, okay, but then at least he won't get what you but uh, he he won't have as much to shock to another place. I mean. Well, I don't. I don't think. I don't think they. Well, I don't think they're going to spite a free agent and say we're going to give you this offer, take it or leave it. And if not, well, then I hope I'm glad we didn't drive the price up for you. I'm sure they're happy that they made the Dodgers pay more for for Yamamoto. I mean, I, yeah. I would. I would say that but could that could hold you back there. Yeah, you made your competitor more rich. It's. I mean, this money is all cable money. It's not really even hurting the Dodgers owner. So, and, and that extent, to that extent, but I'm just like, yeah, make, you know, don't help this guy out that much. You know, that's your competitive point. You know, if you can own a working people, you know, if you put it on working people level, if you were, I'm going to just throw a number out. You work for the for your station, and say you make 100000 and now I come in from another, and now I come from a competitive network, and I'm offering you a hundred and say 130 to leave, but you got to leave right now. If not, my other offer is going to be 115, which is not really going to dramatically change your life. It's 15,000 versus 30, which may make a difference to your situation. So you are more, you will be more inclined to take that right now because that's a, that's a big jump. And I'm saying when you got the leverage, you, you got to express it in that way. You, you pull people in the direction that, that you want to just for that moment. You make them make an impulsive decision. So I don't know why. I just don't. I don't know. I think 
I don't, I don't think he played his cards correctly. And it's, it's not that Colin's done that. I've seen the Jets owner with, um, with Tariq Hill. They did the same thing. Tariq Hill did the same thing to New York. But, like, all these all these athletes in New York to spike up the market and go other places. It's like, you know, so... Well, that's that's all part that's all part of negotiating, man. That's Tyreek Hill was in a very similar situation as Yamamoto, and the fact that I don't think he did ever want to come to the Jets. He pretty openly nah, talked about that been, afterward. He wanted to be in he, Miami. And he, yeah, and he used the Jets to get more money to go with to go to Miami. Yeah, that's good. But that's good but, negotiating. Yeah, it is. But I'm saying it. But however, if you have if the Jets have presented it in a different way. They may have put him in a position where he would have had to take the offer because there would have been another one that, I mean, these difference of millions of dollars, it does mean something to these players. They're thinking about, because, I mean, the way they make their money, they make so much being so young. And if they don't get it this time, they're going to be thinking about, man, I turned down $15 million to go to the Jets. I turned down $20 million to go to the Mets. So it's gonna be in their head, and then that's when you really—that's when you can really catch them. So the other thing I want to mention is Luther Ball, because I mean, because I'm watching Tankathon. So the Jets are number six in Tankathon right now for the next year's draft, and yep. all they gotta do is be who they've been all year. Um, Losers. Yes. <laughs> Throw about two or three pick six. Um, I need the left tackle who is a, just a, a major disappointment. Mackay Becton, yeah, he's, he's been a bit of a, a bit of a traffic cone uh, in recent yeah, in I, recent weeks. I need him to be thinking about Jamaica, Bermuda, wherever he wants to go for the off season. Let's not think about football. Think about what resort you want to go to to have a good weekend when the season's over because you surely not think about football, especially last week when you got your quarterback killed, you know? So those, this is where I, I'm hoping the Jets, because, you know, if they win, if the Jets win by losing, um, they move up to four on Tankathon, which puts them in position to get the tackle from Penn State. Now, here's a question. If they continue to lose, Depends to New England, they can possibly get up to three, which is um, the choice is Marvin Harrison or the tackle. Who would you think the Jets should choose? Um, that's a good question, Matt, and thank you for the call. I, it's it's tough because Marvin Harrison would be a potentially perfect complement to Garrett Wilson. They obviously obviously need another weapon in the receiving core. But I still think I might prioritize offensive line protection. I mean, if this season has taught us anything, it's that Aaron Rodgers is going to need that protection. He's going to be 40 years old, playing on that crappy MetLife turf. The injury risks are just all over the place. There's red flags everywhere. I think protection is going to be paramount. Even if they don't get into the top five and they stay around six or seven, I think you can probably get Joe Alt from Notre Dame, who is pro a pro-ready left tackle that can protect Rodgers' blind side. I think that would be a huge boost for him. But it, it's going to be interesting, more, much more interesting than the game on Sunday. I mean, honestly, if you're a Jets fan, I know how hard it is to to root against your favorite team. This is as 
clear of a situation as I can think of where you you should be rooting for your team to lose. You're mathematically out of the playoffs. Trevor Simeon's your quarterback. You're who cares? You're playing the Commanders. I was listening to Al on the drive up, and him and Chris were looking at the ticket prices. It's like $20 to sit in the first 10 rows behind the end zone. Like, nobody cares about this game. Honestly, just tune out, enjoy some some Christmas Eve food or and family, and and uh, get, ready, get ready for next year. But back to the phones, we've got Phil in Howell, New Jersey. How's it going? How's it going, Phil? Hey, what's up? Happy holiday to you. Hey, you as All well. Right. Hey, listen, uh, uh, two quick things. On the Yamamoto situation, mm-hmm. okay, I really, you know what, you, you had three teams, the Yankees, the Mets, the Dodgers, whatnot, that were all pretty competitive against what they wanted to pay them, okay? But you know what, I, the way I look at it, it's pretty simple, too. I mean, Yamamoto's a pitcher, okay? And the Dodgers have a big advantage because pitchers like to pitch in warm weather. They do. Okay, you can, you know, whatever you want to say. And I think that's a big factor, too, in, in where he did sign. Sure. Yeah. I think, I think that's an advantage. And I also think the, there's an advantage of picking a team like the Dodgers over the Yankees because there's, you know, it's the American League East. There's a lot of band boxes, band box stadiums in that division. You've got Fenway Park, you've got Yankee Stadium. I mean, Fenway, you can hit a 297 foot fly ball down the right field line and it's a home run yankee stadium you yeah, can hit absolutely. it 315 feet so yeah some some pitchers don't want to don't want to yeah. pitch there yeah, yeah um, man listen man talk about the giants for a second sure. uh listen um i'm a big giant fan and i'm a realistic fan and i know my team is very bad okay all right they had a little lift with the with the veto and stuff like that okay and but you know, last week they came back to reality again. I you know how I judge my team? I judge my team by the end of the season. And I watch the playoffs and I see these elite teams that are in there. And I'm sitting back in my chair and I'm thinking, why are these teams so much better than my team? We're not even competitive to these guys. And I think a lot of it has to do with the talent level. I think it comes down to the scouting. I think that's very, very important who you draft or, or whatnot. And I think, you know, they've drafted very poorly over the last several years. I mean, they've hit on a couple of people, but not really what you, you kind of expect. And I really think that part of the problem is, is the combine when they have it after the season. I mean, like, I mean, look at the Jets situation. Look, he fell in love with Zach Wilson. Because you know what he did in the combines and stuff, you know. I, I to me, you don't. You, you know what? You bring a guy in for a private workout, okay? You bring your guys in there against this guy. This is what the NFL is all, all about, and stuff like that. I, you know, it's just. Uh, I, I think the scouting is. I think the scouting in the giant level is very, very poor. I think they need to reorganize their scouting. I think um, number another thing is. I think we have to move on from Daniel Jones, and I also think we have to move on from Saquon Barkley, um, and uh, you know, and build from there. Well, thanks so much for the call, Phil. I mean, the Giants have plenty of work to do. There is a clear talent disparity when they play teams like the Cowboys, who they've been outscored by something like sixty something to seventeen, whatever it is, over two games this season. Uh, but the issue for 
you specifically is that I don't think the Giants are moving on from either one of those guys next season. Daniel Jones is under contract. They don't, the Giants don't have that escape hatch until the end of next season. They can probably just use the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley again. And honestly, why wouldn't they? I mean, I know he's had some more injury problems this season. Nothing too, too serious. He missed three games, but he's also been great otherwise. And for Daniel Jones, they probably think that that he had Barkley injured in the beginning of the year. Andrew Thomas has been hurt for most of the year. His offensive line was in shambles for most of the time he was playing before he got hurt. So I think a lot of people in the Giants might think that Daniel Jones deserves a do-over. So you're probably running it back with those two guys. So it'll be interesting to see how the Giants approach the offseason, but we can get to that and a whole lot more after this break. Ryan Chichester on the fan with you until 730.